0: Daredevil, Scrotal Recall is really funny. Scrotal
1: is right. Yes, yes.
0: yes. I, that's derailed. on my queue. I haven't started that yeah. one. Yeah, oh, queue it up.
1: Um, I love binge watching.
2: Yeah, I mean, I binge and not just, I mean, look at the size of me, man. I'm a binger.
1: did not leave the house until like I just, hours and hours every day, and I loved it. I am a binge watch, right? Four Midwest Guys presents Binge Watch. Everybody and welcome back to Four Midwest Guys presents binge watch. Today we'll be reviewing Luke Cage season one, and with me today, to help me do that is my brother Aaron.
2: Hey man, how's it going?
1: And making his binge watch debut, Brian Ankenbauer. What's up? What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. All right, so let's. uh We're back uh, in our series. Let's get right into Luke Cage. So we can go all go watch Iron Fist. Some of us are already started, apparently. Oh, I'm already nine. Nine episodes in, brother. Man, and it just came out at midnight, dude. That's Actually, ridiculous. it didn't even come out at midnight. It comes really? out at like 3 or 4 it, in the yeah, morning, Yeah, it, was, right? it was
0: 4 in the morning because it has hit midnight West Coast. So it's
1: not even 12 hours yet, and you've already seen nine hours worth of a 13-hour yep. series. Wow. All right. So let's just get through Luke Cage as fast as possible. No, just kidding. All right. Uh, so Luke Cage is the fourth uh, Netflix Marvel comic book series. Um Again, 13 episodes like the rest. Uh, this one's set in Harlem, though. Um, it kind of has, like, a Shaft feel, wouldn't you guys say?
2: Oh, very um, much so. Kind of. But it kind of, it's weird because it actually references, like, old kind of black exploitation films, like, at early on in the, like, show. A little bit. And you actually, by the time you get to, like, midway through the season, there's, like, clear apparent parallels to certain scenes. Mm. Which is funny because on the other end of the spectrum, you kind of have, they're kind of pinning Luke into, like, a more or less Superman corner, like, because yes. they're trying to, you know, make him, like, a representative of the community and stuff. So you really have a weird contrast with that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a different... Every series has been different so far, at least well, yeah, in comparison. yeah, but they
2: also, and, also kind of take place in different neighborhoods. Like, mm-hmm. um, with the upcoming Iron Fist, like, that's more a Manhattan-esque sort of feel. With this, it's Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil, you had Hell's kitchen. kitchen. And with Jessica Jones, it was a different kind of neighborhood that was kind of off hell's kitchen know,
0: it was s- hell's kitchen was it still hell's yeah just because yeah. it was still hell's kitchen but hers was hell's kitchen slash suburbs because yeah. that's where her family grew up that's mm. the house they bought whatever blah blah, blah. right yeah. so a
1: little bit more on the outskirts yeah. so to speak um all right so let's uh move into luke cage himself here um he's s- they, they mike, said a, mike coulter mike coulter yeah thank you Um uh, no, no he's problem. He does a pretty good job overall. Oh yeah. Oh he right? does a fantastic job. He does a
2: great job acting him.
1: uh it set up kind of different though than other Marvel series. This one Luke kinda of walks into the situation instead of the situation finding him. Yeah. You know, I think wouldn't being about him even at first. Yeah,
2: I think one of the main complaints you can have about the show is like it kinda of feels almost like a prequel to the season. Yes. That it should have. Yes. Like everything even by the time you get to the end of the season, it kinda of feels like You really just haven't set up the scenario you wanted yet. Um, And honestly, even with Luke, you kind of get that a little bit. Like, you have him still kind of developing and changing as a character. Which, like, don't get me wrong, it's a bit of a coming into his own sort of thing, but you don't really get to see it, like, used real well. Um,
0: What threw me for a loop was the fact that this came after, like, we see this after Jessica Jones.
2: Yeah, it didn't, at times it almost seems like it should take place before, Oh, it's way
0: before it. No, no, it's no Jessica. It's I know. after, it's after it. Jessica. I, I know. During, but during you could, when you're watching it, you're like, this has to be before it. With because, the flashbacks, yeah. Yeah. But, because yeah. the whole the basis of the whole show yeah, feels that like and
2: it never references anything that happens in Jessica Jones exactly. outside of the Rosario Dawson character.
0: And that's that was my biggest that was my biggest pet peeve. Pet peeve about this because Luke Cage was in Jessica Jones. You would, I was dies in it. You yeah, you would have thought that at least say something that he would at least said something about her. But mm-hmm. instead, he has a completely different girlfriend, and then Rosario Dawson's in it. And well, it's they the,
2: introduced the Misty Stone character. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I know, and it's interesting because Rosario Dawson is kind of the reason you know it takes place after.
1: She's the only like, reason you know. Yeah, honestly,
2: because that's she's the only one that actually references like ninjas and like fucking hospitals and like oh yeah, he almost died from a brain hemorrhage sort of thing. And,
0: yeah.
2: Like. And that's that's she's, the only reason. She's the
0: connection between them. All all of the well, defenders. Just, but yeah, like yeah. to
2: your point, it really does seem like it almost takes place beforehand. If not for that fact, yes. And once again, it does feel like a prequel sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's interesting character-wise because they, I feel like kind of like the set in Harlem, kind of the black neighborhood thing, like it plays through the episode and it gives it like certain strings, but it also kind of holds it back in spots mm-hmm. because it really is a character. They really are trying to make so much more moral oh, yeah. than they are like it any of the other, like, Dare, or like Daredevil or Jessica Jones well, that are more flawed characters.
1: Well, it definitely establishes him as the reluctant hero. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Right from the get-go. If it, um, I mean, if he finds help through Pops... And if Pops doesn't die, I don't think he ever steps up to the plate. Yeah, you know? Essentially,
2: like, you just see him just kind of sweeping.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a mini-hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a mini-hero's mini, mini, mini hero's journey in a way because he's the mentor it, it definitely and the takes, mentor passes. And, it know,
2: definitely takes aspects from it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It passes down the torch kind of thing. Um And again, like the other series, though, we get Luke's backstory or slash origin story as the series. Yeah, Although much more in this than any of the other series. To a certain
2: extent, like, you definitely, you almost have, like, a story arc within it that's just, like, the, like, backstories, like, flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I feel like once you get to, like, the backstory and then, like, the bit with uh, the one doctor where he's, like, healing himself, Mm -hmm. that's the bit where it really, like takes really heavily from, like, old black exploitation films. <laughs> like, it really definitely has, like, an almost, um, like, um, what was the Black Dracula? Blackula? killer. Like, sort of vibe to it. Like, because it almost has that almost weird monster movie right. vibe to it. By you the think t- so? Right. Yeah, by the time you get to that, like, doctor scene where you have him, right. like, in the uh, little fish tank and you're, like, right. zapping him and shit. Yeah. Like, it has that weird, almost, like, Frankenstein sort of feel to okay, it. Okay,
1: I'll give you that. I don't know about the ex- black exploit. Exploitation, well, uh, right.
2: just, it had, like, that sort of, like... There was yeah. those weird, like, kind of black monster movie things like Blackula back in the day. And, <laughs> like, you're already kind of referencing Shaft a bit here and there. and
1: Well, yeah, it definitely has that Shaft feel. It has that... Um, it definitely felt like they were going for a different audience. Yes. Really? I didn't pick
0: up on that.
2: I yeah. feel like there's more nonce, like, things that are, like, older I, in the culture that I aren't necessarily things we watch that heavily. But.
1: I think as... because... I'm a Caucasian white person. I At times, I found it harder to relate to. I understand what they were saying and where they were coming from, but it was a, I was out of my element. I'm a kid from the suburban, you know, I'm a yeah. white kid from suburbia. This is all about Streets. inner inner street culture, you well, know. I mean, it's not
2: really even talking about, like, inner street culture. It's just about being, you know, like a representative of your community and trying right. to hold it together. The only part it really kind of gets into anything that might not really be relatable for us is really when it's early on, when it's talking about like gentrification of neighborhoods and things like that. Whereas we probably wouldn't know that because we're out in the suburbs where you don't really have a close knit culture.
1: No, no, there's no neighborhood community. Oh, there is, but it's not like it. Not like, really. Not like in the city. Like, not in the like community. it yeah. used to be there. True.
0: You know, like, cause like when I was growing up my street, the street up the street, and the next one up, yeah. I mean, we there was, there was only like you know, we'll we'll say, sixty houses, hmm. right? Yeah. Of those sixty houses, better portion of thirty or forty of them knew each other or knew someone at that house or hmm. whatever. And you're,
2: but that's also when you had like people that actually stayed at residences, like kind of almost lifetime, you know. But now you actually have people that are more likely to change, like move within five ten years.
0: Yeah, I think that also it also changed the. Um, what changed was people looking to move themselves up.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you have a lot starter of people change for Yeah, that was like it was like basically
0: that. starter homes, and it was all it was all families with kids. Mm. So if the kids interacted, then the parents interacted, and if the parents interacted, the kids inter You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and it kind of kind of did that all over the place, and everyone was looking to have that. Yeah, that you know Dynamic. neighborhood family, everybody get together and have parties and stuff mm. like that. Block parties. Yeah. And what and it's as those people moved on to bigger houses.
1: Yeah.
2: Like you just didn't have that in those neighborhoods anymore. You didn't
0: have it in those neighborhoods anymore. And yeah. and you had that different um different range of families where you had the ones with the teenagers. Mm-hmm and the ones, and with, the the ones kids, with the little and the kids, the ones that are retired, right? So then you didn't have, there wasn't that close knit because the kids all didn't know each other anymore. Yeah, and
1: mm. and to be honest, those were the days where you could let your kid play out until the street lights came on. You don't do that anymore. You oh know, yeah, I not mean like that's that, not
0: like, yeah.
2: that's also a bit of a yeah. cultural paranoia to an extent. Well, it is, oh, very much it so, is. so because it be, and it's also, I mean, because if you look at like violent crime rates, they're actually down like per capita.
0: And, well, the other thing is, is that everything's so information everybody's on everything so they see everything that happens so they think it happens more frequently than it does actually mm. and and they're like oh well they can't be playing in the front yard anymore because someone could just drive by and get them, Grab mm. them. Yep. and it's just like no
2: what i mean like theoretically but it's such a low chance that like they're just as likely to have a tree fall on them
0: yes yeah, so, i mean it is just one of those Yeah.
1: yep it is what it is i mean and now that we've given you a little Suburban culture. <laughs> yeah. So, and, that, and so so, Yeah, so
0: the city culture is... It's completely different. Completely different because yeah. that is a lot of generation after generation living in the same area. Everybody mm. knows each well, other. especially
2: because it focuses on Harlem itself, which is a pretty classical, you know, old school kind of, you know, neighborhood that's been, you know, kind of a cultural icon for generations. Like, Netflix also did a show called The Get Down that takes place in the same place when it's talking about, like, the rise of hip-hop in the area, and mm-hmm. it's... Like, you can trace, like, the, you know, kind of cultural roots of it, like, back generations.
1: Sure. It's kind of, you know, and it's all about making it better. You know, a theme throughout this series is making it better. It's all about, you know, it's like like a a chalkboard, erasing it and rebuilding better, you know, drawing it again. I mean, kind
2: of. I mean, you do have, like, some of that talk in, like, Daredevil of Hell's Kitchen and stuff as well. But, Mm -hmm. like, this, it really kind of almost makes it, like it's up to the individuals in the society and not, like, the programs or, like, anyone coming from outside the city. Like, you have to build it from within, sort of thing. Right. Which definitely is kind of an interesting concept to throw in there, and it's definitely something you see here that you don't get, like, in... Like, kind of the other Netflix series, the same extent. No, not, Like, it not really is, like, you have, uh, like... The, saving your village, sort of thing.
1: I mean, Hell's Kid Daredevil is where he is the, the only one that gets even any close to that. Yeah, and that's know. only really with just
2: the conflict with you know with us. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so uh, let's uh, with let's go into Pops. Uh, he's probably the next biggest character, I would think, after after Luke. Probably in a way, uh, yeah. he's he's the mentor, right? I he
2: definitely plays a role. I'm not sure if I'd put him as a second. Well, you know, I, but
1: I, I think he's important. Yeah, Very yeah. Important. I, I wouldn't would even with put him as a mentor. You don't think so? Oh, I do. I saw him as kind of like an unofficial leader in the community. Like,
2: in terms of the community, definitely, and in terms of Luke Cage, a little bit, but it's weird because it doesn't seem like he's actually been hanging out with Pops for that long.
0: Exactly. It just seems like...
2: It seems like he got along well with him and he respected him, Right. And, you know, he definitely had that kind of mentor sort of thing, but it just wasn't developed for a long period of time.
0: Like, it felt like it was really fast, like... You
2: have Yeah, that... there was a lot more of a rapport there than you would think for the amount of time he was there, which would Correct. be what, two to three months?
0: That's exactly what it felt like. It was like, wow, you were there two to three months and you felt I think he
1: had been there a while though before the series started at that point. It, it's hard to say because like you don't months months. know what the That's timeline how I, how is between it.
2: Jessica Jones and this.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. I just I viewed it he'd been there at least six months, the way he was the way they, they were interacting. I know. And talking it kinda and...
2: well, once again going to the, like the timeline seems kind of off. It seems like he was there before the Jessica Jones timeline, and then went back. But I don't know how that worked out. Yeah, because because well, he went there like with his wife before she died, right?
0: I thought so, but it was really weird because like in Jessica he, Jones, he owned the bar. Yeah, in this one, he didn't own the bar. Yes, yeah, because the, well, the bar bar blew the up though. So in Jessica but, Jones, yeah.
2: But also I think the but, bar was technically like under someone else's name.
0: Right, but what I'm saying like he didn't even reference that that bar was Yeah, even,
2: yeah, yeah. I
1: did have a problem with that. I'm like, that
2: he doesn't reference losing like something he that yeah, mattered so much to him in Jessica Jones. Yes.
0: yes. And yeah. it was just like it was like I'm just good enough. I'm just trying to, get, you know, make my way cuz I'm blah 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 i like, Yeah,
2: but it's just completely ignoring like that yes,
0: aspect just of it. He completely ignored the Jessica Jones aspect of everything that happened. That's why I was like
1: Yeah. At least mention it. You don't have to go into great detail. Just yeah, mention that's it. why but I couldn't like, understand when when yeah. it was happening.
0: Yeah, you know? that
2: was the one of the weird things about the timeline with this as well is because like if you watch Jessica Jones, he cares very deeply about the bar. Like the story goes out of its way to mention
0: that. Yeah, and then it's like it's never referenced because I thought he said, "I got the bar from pops," or whatever he said, and I was like, "I thought it was just from a friend."
2: But oh, I thought he said, "I thought he said,"
0: I thought he said from Pops and, the, and Jessica Jones. Oh. And then we're watching it, and it's like, oh, here's Pops, this is blah,
1: blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Does this take place before or after Jessica Jones? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember any, saying anything about Pops if he did. I, I don't know. I don't, I thought it was
2: his friend, but, I could be wrong.
1: But getting back to Pops, you guys might have a completely different view than I did. I, I saw him as a guy, a leader in the unofficial leader in the community. Oh, no. I actually completely agree meetings, with that. Kind of through his barbershop. Kind of like holds court yeah. really. Yeah, like there is
2: that sort of like it's kind of Switzerland for the area. Like mm-hmm. there's like gangs that have issues yeah. or like people that have issues with each other. Yeah, They can kind of talk it out in a neutral area and kind it's, of discuss things. It kind of
0: felt like the movie Barbershop.
1: That's, that's what they were kind of going yes, for. Yes, I
0: mean really like... It, Barbershop kind of felt that way with, uh, what's what's Cedric the Entertainer's character? Yeah. And, and, you know, and and the guy came up to the door getting ready. He's like, no, not here. Mm -hmm. And
1: the guy walks away and doesn't burn the place down, you know, kind of thing. Well, that's Mm -hmm. what it is, though. It's kind of like a refuge from the outside, at least at first, anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually we know what happens. But, and he also seems to kind of help kids stay out of trouble. Yeah. Or inspires them to do the right thing. Yeah,
2: he definitely seems to try to, anyway. I mean, there is the issue with, like, one of his, like, um, like Barber's actually does end up like kind of stealing money or guns or some shit.
1: Yeah, that's what starts the whole thing. Yeah. Is the the kid the son of uh one of the kids he used to run around with is, mm. uh, when he was a gang member that steals from Cottonmouth. That's what starts the whole Yeah. the whole all the, the trouble.
2: And that's like uh like some of the like special like weapons he's getting from um Diamondback. Diamondback. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. That's what starts the whole the whole thing though. Mm. That's the catalyst. Um and I guess he's also he seems to really be encouraging the same thing out of Luke Cage because he knows yeah. what Luke Cage can do. Well, that I means powers, like, and he's like, you he could be a force for good. Kind yeah, of and thing.
2: technically, like he's related to Luke's wife
1: somehow through his wife. Yeah, he yeah, I don't some... quite
2: remember the exact relationship sort of thing there, but it yeah. is there is some like family kind of thing. Yeah, even distant, but still.
1: But he's also trying to gain redemption though too because he used to be a gang member. They called him Pops because that, when he hit somebody, that was the noise it made. Pop, yeah. pop, pop, or whatever, so.
2: Yeah, which yeah. actually was kind of a funny little backstory thing, I thought. Like, yeah. I thought I was like, oh, okay, that's that's actually a nice little addition.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I liked how they even tied him in with Cottonmouth. It was mm. him, Cottonmouth, and the, the Hispanic guy. I can't remember his name now for some reason, but yeah. those three were the ones that kind of ran together. Mm. And, you know, like, it was just
2: kind of a day. small little group that just kind of committed, like, minor, like, crimes and shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, you know. And then like I said earlier when Pops finally does when he dies that's when Luke kind of has to Yeah, I mean step it kind up. of
2: forces the situation in a lot of ways or at least it seems like he feels like he's forced in that situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Because you do once like it's kind of out that he is kind of it was bulletproof. Like, you have people more or less coming to him asking for help, and mm-hmm. then you kind of push that storyline of helping your community and, like, being, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a part of that in a way.
1: And suddenly he's the center of the community, even though it doesn't really work out for him, but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Misty Knight, uh, detective for the NYPD, or I guess maybe the Harlem PD, um, yeah. whatever.
2: I actually thought her storyline was actually probably one of the better, like, subplots for this show. Yeah. Like, yeah. you really kind of have, like... The thing with her and, like, her partner who's technically, like... Corrupt. Corrupt and, like, that whole... I didn't put him in the notes, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, the corrupt cop angle of that was actually one of the really better turning points for this show, I think. Mm
1: -hmm. I think so. I thought, you know, I thought he was going to do it there for a while, and then he finally did, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was justified. Um, She's investigating Cottonmouth at the beginning, kind of goes undercover, ends up sleeping with Luke Cage. Yeah. Who just happens to be working as a bartender there. Yeah. First or whatever. cotton? Yeah, convention. like he...
2: I don't think he was originally... He was like a dishwasher and they threw him up uh, to be a that's bartender, right, that's right? right?
1: Yes, that's right. I forgot about that.
2: Uh, and yeah, that just kind of worked out for yeah. Luke, I guess. Uh, he, he's doing all right in the Netflix shows, apparently.
1: Uh, yeah, he definitely <laughs> gets the girl. Um, so, uh, life. she's a lifelong resident of Harlem, like most of the characters mm. in the, there. Yeah. Um, kind of works with Cage, but sometimes suspects him. Like yeah. Like, she's just trying to figure out who he well, is. Well, I think that's
2: something that you kind of have that kind of goes throughout the entire thing is, like, the cops don't really know how to feel about him. The community doesn't know how to feel about him. Sure. He kind of has to constantly kind of prove which side of it he's on, especially when you have mm-hmm. some villains that, you know, are trying to kind of paint him into a corner and make him look like he's the one in the wrong. And sure. Like, that's definitely an aspect to the show.
1: Yeah. Brian, what do you think?
0: Oh, I agree.
1: You agree? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you had uh, anything to add or anything. Dude, oh, nothing okay. to add. All right, I'll chime in when I need to. Okay, copy that. Um, so yeah, she's she's constantly. I mean, he's he's always in the 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 fray of it, and she's still trying to figure out yeah who he is. Eventually, she figures out his powers, but the end. But yeah, it's like
2: kinda, it's kind of weird at the beginning because it seems like wow, it's weird that guy's always off the side here, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's always seems to be around when there's trouble yeah. going on. Something's up. Um. And she has like a gift for crime scenes in her head. I mean, yeah, like, like
2: she almost like is able to recreate it like in her head. Yeah, like, you that know. was kind of neat.
1: That was pretty yeah. cool.
2: Like it's not quite like that, um, like pseudo psychic thing, like where you touch something and you like you get a reference for it. But it it's pretty it's close. close. Yeah,
1: it made me wonder at first if she had some sort of a gift as well. You know, it, yeah. I don't you know,
2: know if it really would put her in the meta category, but it's definitely really close in terms of like what they allow her to do. Yeah, cause even though it is kind of a a smaller ability in a certain sense,
1: it is. It's it's not a huge power or anything, but it is pretty cool. Yeah, and she literally just kind of you know puts herself right back into the scene and is able to kind of recreate everything with in her, her mind. imagination. Yeah, yeah, nothing else, right? So,
2: yeah, it almost kind of has like plays back to like bbc's version of sherlock where like you see him kind of like a little renegotiating little some like the crime scenes and stuff like in his head yeah
1: kind of yeah that, that, that'd be a pretty good analogy actually the more i think about it yeah kind of because like he
2: does a, that whole like just everything in his mind where he has his, even his own like little mental house where he stores notes and shit yeah and,
1: or even in the sherlock movies where he plays out the fight scene before yeah he like, there's so definitely that, a comparison
2: yeah. to like how they shot it that was really close to that
1: yeah that's very cool all right so let's talk about okay probably really the second most important character. Cottonmouth, I guess, yeah. in the, the series. Uh, he's a local crime boss of Harlem, also lifelong resident of Harlem. Mm. Uh, kind of a child of Mama Maple. I never really did figure out if he was directly related to her or if she was just there with um, her. With the kind family of, thing, it's, like a, it's a little
2: difficult to see how it yeah. kind of set up. It kind of seems like he is either her kid or like stepkid or something. Something. Because, like, with Maria, that's definitely, like, his cousin. Mm-hmm. Mariah. But with him, it does seem like it's either a stepkid or a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he kind of grows up in that family. He kind of takes over the club. And yeah. Mariah kind of goes into the more political sphere, even though they kind of end up working together. Uh, and I think one of the issues we have with the show is this character gets killed, like, halfway through.
1: And he doesn't get interesting until they until and then they they kill him off as soon yeah. as you find out his backstory. You're like, oh, okay, this yeah, guy, like, is, this is a good villain. Yeah, like you don't get wrong, he does fisk. have like
2: some cool lines yeah. before you know the backstory. Like yeah. when he's talking like the um, notorious Big poster about wearing the crown. Like right. that's kind of a cool like villainous monologue. Like it, yeah, every, I, it it's I, pretty nice. Like I kind of dug that. But yeah, but yeah, like you don't. He, it's not until you actually get like the backstory of him as a child where you're like, oh shit, that is actually kind of an interesting character. Yeah. Like it gives him that three dimensional element that he didn't really have until that moment.
1: Yeah, it, it, and then he's dead. It, not only that, but he's it, it, the fact that he's a musician and that he has this fondness for music, and he mm-hmm. has this kind of other side that. Kind of the yeah. softer side to the the more. Well, like, not just that, but that like that's the side into. he actually preferred.
2: Like yeah. that's the side he wanted to pursue, and it's just like the society he, or like the situation he was in forced him to what he
1: was become the man he was. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean,
0: I really liked this character once we got developed. Yeah, like the whole first part, and then you're like, you're like, yeah, he's really one dimensional for yeah, the first. Like, few oh episodes. my god, this is so bad. blah, blah blah And Then you're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. And then you're like, oh, now he's dead. Yeah well, that was stupid. Why did you even tell me that? Why do I even care now? Yeah. yeah.
2: Like and it's just one of the things like it's at that moment you're like, "Oh no, actually like you start liking him as a character and he's actually three-dimensional and he's interesting and it's mm-hmm. like and then you kill him off, but it doesn't really make Mariah like a more interesting character because no, of it.
1: It just makes her seem nuts. She never she never develops fully into the villain that you think that she's going to develop. Into. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think that's kind of the issue you have because even by the time you're at the end of like mm-hmm. Luke Cage, like Mariah still seems like she's still developing. She, like, is. she still isn't quite the villain she's. that she this show wants her to be. No. Like it's almost wanting her to be like Luke Cage's like like main nemesis in a sort of way mm-hmm. from like a political like crafting sort of sense, even though she relies on everyone else yes. throughout the entire season.
1: Yeah, it, and just to finish off Cottonmouth real quick, it's. Um, He's the owner of that nightclub, and he kind of values that, maybe because of his musical career, Mm. or maybe not, but it's a status symbol in Harlem to him.
2: Yeah, for him, it's the symbol, like his, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Mabel, you know, kind of made and established, and it was kind of a remnant of, Mm -hmm. kind of, maybe one of the more legal sides of it, or something, it's like a connection to, like, his side he actually has interest in oh, yeah. you see him actually analyze the musicians like he has performed and actually like admires in certain ways oh
1: sure he's like listen to that you know yeah. that person saying you know, that music it touches yeah like to
2: it him. is actually something that allows him to you know kind of enjoy that aspect of himself while mm-hmm. still you know being in the situation he's in trying to you know
1: and he's not told he- he's he's definitely the villain but he's not completely bad like he's upset enough to kill the person who killed pops you yeah, know, when he gets killed, yeah like, he still out. has,
2: like, some sense of honor and, like, a code.
1: He has a code, and, you know, he does, I think he does legitimately feel bad that Pops is dead. Yeah. I mean, you know, because they yeah. used to be friends, and they used to run around together. Yeah,
2: whatever. he definitely seems upset about it. Like, he's willing to pay for his funeral. Mm-hmm, like, you exactly. have a scene between him and Luke where they're arguing at, you know, or, like, both giving monologues at Pops' funeral. Yeah. Trying to, you know, sway the community to their side to a certain extent. mm mm-hmm because he doesn't view himself as that much of a villain he just no that's just the you know system he was raised in
1: because it seems to me he doesn't want to change Harlem he just wants to be the man from it or or yeah. in, in, in it kind of Yeah way. there's
2: actually a pretty good argument about that like um he really definitely just he is fine with the way Harlem is and he just wants to be you know on the top of that Yeah Whereas Luke is definitely a character that's wanting to change Harlem
1: Yeah he wants to change Harlem the well, the right way. Yeah, yeah. They're both wanting to change it to be better.
0: Mm-hmm. They're just going about it two different two different but, directions.
1: Much like Daredevil and Fisk, really. When you think yeah, about it, it it's is just completely a different parallel. way of telling the story.
0: Yep. Yeah. One's bashing the heads, and the other one's trying to do it the
1: yeah the more the right way. Yep. All right. So let's we've kind of already touched on it a little bit. Let's go to Mariah Dillard. Um, corrupt politician, also wants to change Harlem for the better, but well,
2: kind of like she's trying to stop gentrification projects but it doesn't really go into anything beyond that outside of just wanting to like pursue her own political power but it almost seems like that's She's like a way of like forwarding her own self politically more than is something she actually cares yeah.
1: about it's definitely um she obviously was number one she wants to do it using cotton mouse blood money number mm. one obviously not the right way to do it but also, like you said, you know, she wants the prestige of the one yeah, It's like a status to do thing. Right, yeah. exactly. She yep. wants to be seen. The one leading yep. Harlem to a bigger, better world, whatever. Mm. You know?
0: But yeah, like... She doesn't... wants to be the Oprah Winfrey of Harlem.
1: Now that, that's actually... Yeah, kind of. I never really, really? thought about it like that. There's a car for you and a
0: car for you. Everyone gets a car.
1: Kind <laughs> of, I yeah. I'll pick up on that. I don't know. It's kind of a little bit. I know where he's coming from. Um... She was sexually abused by Cottonmouth's dad. Yeah, it
2: shows a little bit of that in the flashback sort of thing.
1: And then Mama Mabel, actually, when he betrays Mama Mabel, she makes her shoot him, Mm. which is interesting. Yeah. And the fact that Cottonmouth doesn't seek revenge is even more interesting on her for it. Well, it
2: could be just he kind of understood and that was the situation. Like it's one of those things. Like you kind of cross the family in a certain way, then you're getting taken out. And yeah. he had to do it to a couple of people himself. So
1: I guess I don't know. You know, he killed. I, I don't know. It, it, you're you're probably right, Aaron. It's just I don't know. It was just kind of a shock to me that he. You know.
2: Well, you're that, or yeah. maybe he wasn't just that fond of himself. So it
1: could be. Maybe he was a crappy dad too. But he seemed like he was always pursuing his son to be better mm-hmm. to f- pursue his musical career. Yeah, and, he
2: definitely pushed him in, you know, a direction yeah. he would have preferred. Right. Yeah. So,
1: even though he was a just, you know, pedophile and an asshole and yeah. everything else, but um so towards the end of the series, Shades brings out that mean streak in her though. Where she yeah, kind of goes She is crazy. definitely
2: manipulative. And I think that's kind of her key ability here is that she's really good from kind of manipulating people, kind of trying to make her look better, like earn the best light sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you never really see that taken to a place where it really seems that threatening. Outside of just, she is also part of what turns, you know, Harlem and, you know, the police against Cage. Yeah. Which is definitely kind of the thing, because you kind of paint Cage in a corner where he has, you know, he's super strong, he's almost invincible, and yet throughout most of the series he can't really use it.
1: Not effectively, no. Like, it's
2: almost one of those things, like, if he did, he'd actually be painting himself in the corner. He'd be justifying those, you know, allegations against him. So, it's almost like trapping him, like, in a sort of political kind of net.
1: She's a pro at it, right? She's a corrupt politician, career politician. So, I mean, in that
2: way, it's kind of effective, but I think...
1: Well... When, when he, there's limits to it but when i'm referring to her mean streak i mean i'm talking about her violence I oh mean, yeah because when she unleashes she unleashes and you know kills cottonmouth i mean just, oh yeah
2: pretty violently just yeah. taking that you know mic stand and just, just bashing his the, head in. yeah
1: but she's you know throws him out the window and then goes down and finishes him off with the mic yeah. stand you know most people might stop pushing him out the window yeah, maybe <laughs> you know she's so she's She's got a few screws loose. Yeah, I mean, don't wrong. It was definitely properly a, motivated. It know? was a
2: turning point for the first season, but I'm not sure and if it really added to the season. It might later on if they do I a think, second season for I Luke think
1: Cage season to it. Well, it just I thought I don't know about you guys, but I thought when I saw that, I was like, okay, she's going to become the villain for the rest of the series. And no, then and it no, just no. bypassed it and had
2: her like as like the sub villain sort just, of thing.
1: Yeah, she remained like this un like we were saying this unfulfilled villain, and then they brought in Diamond back and I'm like. Why?
2: Which had its own kind of issues as well. Well,
1: that was really rushed. That should have been season two also. Well, that's kind of the thing. Like,
2: that. Yeah, Yeah. I I think you're right. That actually... Had they left Diamondback to be, like, a season two villain, I think this would have gone way better. Oh, yeah. Like, had you left... Like, had that been, like, the finale for season one? Mm -hmm. Like, where she kills Cottonmouth? And, like, you actually had him play out as the villain more throughout the entire season... Yeah. I think that could have been a more interesting dynamic.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It would have been much better, and you would have fulfilled. You could have easily done thirteen episodes on just on that alone. Yeah,
2: Am like I don't correct? wrong. Like you definitely would have had to brought in like the hammer weapons, like a lot more. You'd have to have him kind of step up in tactics. Sure, but, but yeah, like has got there's...
1: shades on, you know. I, I don't
2: know. Either that, or even if you did bring in Diamondback, had you brought him later in the episode and just had that as like the threat for season two, I think you would have been better. It would have been better. Or um, had her develop more under Cottonmouth or with alongside.
1: I well, even if she killed him and then became the main villain for the rest of season one, I would have been fine mm. with it more than just bringing Diamondback in and then picking up with. Oh him. yeah, I think
0: I think the last episode of this this season should have been like Cottonmouth was dead. Mm. She goes to this other person who's got a one of those, you know, giant chairs or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, We're gonna have a problem. Bring in Diamond back for season two. You know, like mm. cotton you know, cotton cotton mouth is dead or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then you see him turn around mm-hmm. you know, and you're and you're like, who's that guy? Yeah, and you have no idea. Exactly. Yes. But, yeah. And that would have been the
1: villain for the next season and mm. But uh, speaking of Shades, let's talk about him. Um, he's a lifelong, life, long-time, lifetime criminal. Mm. Uh, he's been in prison and it's connected. We see him in Luke Cage's flashbacks. And yeah, trailers. he's
2: more or less just an asshole in prison mm. who's also kind of working in, for the guards. So when you see him in Luke's past, he's kind of a henchman. Yeah. And when you see him in the present, he's still kind of a henchman.
1: He's a henchman, but he's a snake. I mean he's the real snake in my opinion. Well, it's
2: actually funny because all the like main worked. villains are named after snakes I know, in certain he, ways. And he's
1: the real snake though because he's he's Emmy he Shades. Yeah, yeah, he's countermining Cottonmouth by building up Mariah. Well not know? just
2: that, but like he's doing that to undermine Cottonmouth and in certain ways to instigate Diamondback coming in and kind of taking over kind to of, a certain extent. But
1: he's making he's he's working his own agenda the whole time. To an extent, but it's not
2: really clear what that agenda is, though.
1: Not yet, but he's – there's a lot more to that guy, I think. I could just be wrong. It's a
2: possibility. Like, you could build him up in the second season where, like, Mm -hmm. he actually plays a better part, where he comes across as something more than just a henchman with, you know, Mm -hmm. a stick up his ass sort of thing.
1: Kind of. (laughs) But – But hopefully not. I mean, hopefully they – they make him more at the stake, because I think he does oh, yeah. a good job I, at
2: it. I think you could play him up to be better, but, I mean, if you look at what he is in this season, like, he really just is, like, he definitely has his own agenda. He's just, oh, yeah. You're just not quite sure where that stands, and yeah. he never moves beyond being a henchman.
1: No, but he's he's working, he's, he's the perfect second-in-command. Kind it, of, like, know. I think
2: he wants to be a kingmaker. He's oh, just not quite there.
1: Yeah, he's close, though. He's working on it with Mariah. Yeah. By the end of the series, I think, you know, he's... I mean originally he sent there by Diamondback to Diamond Head to watch over Cottonmouth's operation. And then like I said, then he goes around and starts building up Mariah. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like I don't know.
2: To me that's just Yeah, it definitely seems like he's He's know, he's really
1: undermined Diamond uh Cottonmouth. Or Cottonmouth and Diamond uh, back. back. Yeah. Yeah, did I say Diamond? Yeah, I, I even wrote Diamond Head, sorry. Diamondback even. So hmm. yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Diamond I it's mean, in Hawaii, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but he's even undermining him by building up Mariah. That's probably not part of his plan.
2: I think not really up until around the end, where it looks like uh, that's mm-hmm. not going to work out for him in terms of a long-term prospect. Right. But also in his defense, Diamondback clearly is just fucking insane.
1: Yeah, we'll get. Because a character, we'll finish him up here in a minute. But yeah. yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to Claire. Um. She's still the same as she was before. Well, at least in this one she has a little bit more of of a This role. is like
2: the biggest role she has in them though. Yeah. Still Iron Fist. Well, is it more an Iron Fist really? Yeah. I right. could
1: see that and I see her but it it was almost like they redid her role from Daredevil season 1 to me in this It one. is very
2: close in the love interest yeah, aspect. Yeah. Because
1: you know, she ends up in Harlem after Daredevil season 2. She loses her job, starts to live with her mom, mm. and says she wants to work with heroes. Yeah, like it almost ends Luke up like in her head, like
2: well, that could be a fun thing to do, or it's you know, yeah, like it's somewhat of a calling, or it's just she finds it interesting or and it, something. And like with know.
1: Daredevil, she becomes love interest. The only difference this time is is she remains the love interest instead of yeah pulling away from.
2: Yeah, like this time know. she kind of accepts, is like oh well, he's invincible; he can't get that hurt. Yeah. You know, outside of the time you have to save his life, like right. twice.
1: And she does really help him through the his past and through working through the jail scene and yeah. the medical aspect of. Oh yeah, you definitely with the Judas bullet and whatnot. Yeah. So
2: speaking of the Judas bullet, do you think that was underused throughout this thing? Yeah, like because they only use it like what twice, three uh, times,
1: two or three times. Yeah. Or they shot. Well, they they shoot at him a couple times with it inside mm. the building in that one building scene, but but yeah, it's it's obviously it, it's not cheap though. Yeah. So. I like, don't know. they
2: built in a reason for why it's not used too often. It just feels like it could have been a better used, like, part of the show.
1: Yeah, it could have. But it was, it was, it was just a, it was a plot point mover. It was, to, it was, they finally found his kryptonite, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a way to make him mortal. Again, mm. I think. Anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, up until this point, he was, you know, the dude that was bulletproof. So, right. you kind of take that aspect away, and then he's... Just like any other guy on the street, except super fucking strong.
1: Pretty much. All right, so let's talk about Diving Back real quick. Um, again, um, shows up really just in the last third part of the series. Yeah, I think you, you have him in, up. what, three
2: or four episodes? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, my opinion, he's
0: probably the worst villain we've had thus far. Yeah, um, the not, shows, yeah. yeah. There's On the Netflix no... shows, yeah. I would say he's even, le- I mean, he's even worse than Cottonmouth.
1: Well, that's because they have yeah. no time to build because him up. Because they right. don't
2: build him up in the same way. No, um, no. That and, like... All the things about he's loose, like half, half brother, brother. is like, yeah, and it's this weird rush. Sort of, why did you have to go all the way home to a church to remember that?
1: Yeah, like it was like a repressed memory. Or yeah, anything. like it was just strange that he's the fa- He's their father's illegitimate son or bastard child. Yeah, resents Cage, sets up Cage for being the good. Even son. though they.
2: Apparently played football in high school or something. Yeah,
1: like, they were brothers at one point, and then they weren't. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it was very, very rushed uh, to yeah, me. Yeah,
2: like, not only is this weird, like, rushing for, like, Diamondback as a character, mm-hmm. it also just really warps, like, the perception of time and, like, who glue cages as a character. Yeah. Where it seems really off and just kind of forced. Yeah. And then you have, like, the fight scene at the end where he has, like, the hammer tech suit, which is... Like, it should be kind of cool, but it just feels, like, really anticlimactic.
0: It felt so stupid. It, it,
2: yeah, like, you know what it almost reminds me of is, like, the fight scene in, like, Meteor Man.
1: Yeah, kind of. It's it's really... Get like, no, where there's this fight on the
2: street. Black superhero. <laughs> well,
1: I don't
0: know. Like, this just
2: what it reminds me of, like... You no, know,
0: I agree, because, you know, I, I was going to say, it kind of reminded me of the very end of um that Spider-Man movie with the rhino suit. Oh, yeah. Where it's kind of, like... Well, that could be cool, and then it happens. You're like, "Well, that's stupid." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I kind
2: of see where you go with that. Like the rhino thing. I didn't they do that for Amazing Spider-Man too? Yeah, yeah, that was stupid.
0: Yeah, and you and you and you see him, and you're like, "Ooh, this could be cool." Like to have the rhino, like, Be like a mech sort yeah, of thing. I'm like, well, "This is kind of cool." And then then you watch him, and he's like, then he does the whole like, you know, strut his foot to get going faster. I'm like, "Oh, this is fucking retarded." Yeah, yeah. And that's what I felt like with this. It was like. Yeah, that well, I feel like
2: f- one of the issues with it is the outfit Diamondback wears itself because it almost looks like boxing gear, right? Yes, yes. Like that's more or less it. But and like,
1: it's, and it's just a fight scene. It's that's it's like Rocky Five or something. Yeah. yeah, street fight. Yep, middle of the street.
2: And it's just like it just you don't have any emotional payout for it though. Well, yeah, like the, it should if it was done like really
1: well. If that had been Cottonmouth, it would have been better. If you take Diamondback out, but Cottonmouth I don't know, there, I don't feel like
2: Cottonmouth would have wanted to fight someone in the street though. Maybe like I not. feel like he'd been more classy about it. But him.
1: at least you would have felt, at least you would have felt something because he'd been the bad guy the whole time.
2: Yeah, but like know? with Diamondback, you never really have any like yeah. opinion of him as a character. He's,
1: like you said, he's just fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. Like yeah. don't get me wrong,
2: is it cool when he goes on a killing spree to like the other like mobsters in the area? Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, but at the same time, like it doesn't really get you behind the character. or You don't really kind of you know? get into him like.
1: That just kind of establishes his his badassness. That's that's yeah.
2: It's kind of what it is. It's just like it's kind of a just quick writing tip to be like, oh, look how badass this dude is. Yeah, like he's killing his own people because he's that crazy.
1: Now you know you take something like that and stretch it across the season, build up his personality, show more of his backstory, show him being you know, more manipulative along with the violence and Mm. craziness, than you'd have something. Yeah. Like actually
2: putting like, it clearly shows him as being a smart guy, Mm -hmm. but it never really shows that like in a long-term planning sense.
1: No. Mm -mm. But
2: at the same time, like the actual kind of end scene for Luke Cage, where like, it actually has the one doctor that's like trying to recreate the one serum thing like that could be kind of a cool setup for season two. Oh
1: yeah. I think I'll be back. I think you might see him in Defenders too. I could be wrong, but
2: like, and to be honest, like, Without the stupid boxing gear, that might look cooler. Because mm-hmm. the actor that plays him actually does a good job. Yeah, like he actually does. seem it. like he does a really good job with that character.
1: I mean, they put it. We've, he's not re- used a lot, but what they used of him, I liked. Yeah, like yeah, some no of his problem.
2: monologues are actually pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah, in fact, somebody's not even in the notes. I think was it Cynthia, his uh, the girl from the prison, who's his psych psych eval uh, for Luke Cage. Uh, i
2: don't remember
1: um, you don't remember her she's while he's we'll go in, with her while he's in prison she helps him out because he's being you know he's being used while in prison to do the fight scenes and stuff like that okay and she keeps he, he has to go to like these like, group, group oh sessions. yeah that's the
2: same character that plays like the um like wife
1: yeah he yeah. becomes her wife yeah. eventually but still it, it that, that was pretty dynamic, and you, you learn more about that. Oh yeah, I thought know. that was a very interesting setup. And she's kind of an interesting character. I mean, oh yeah, yeah I forgot to was. put her in the notes till just now. Her, I don't know why she just popped in my head, but oh, no, no.
2: I guess a character I think, and definitely is a character that plays such a large role for Luke Cage. I mean, mm-hmm. you go back to Jessica Jones, and mm-hmm. that loss definitely played a large part in like kind of his character development there. And yeah, and even in this, you do see that as well.
1: Yeah, in fact, I, I think I like that character a lot. You know? Obviously. Oh yeah. Was Obviously, def- she has a tragic story, but still. Well, that
2: and it's you have that interesting component because by the end you don't know what the relationship really was,
1: right? Was it she set up to or, do it, or or was, was she, she like really playing him it? in some way or right. anything? Yeah, right. yeah, like yeah.
2: you definitely it leaves unsolved questions for that, and I think it was done really well for that component.
1: Yeah, and it was one nice tie, in even though they don't talk about it too much to Jessica Jones, kind yeah, of, sort of without saying it again. To your point, Brian. Okay, we uh thoroughly dissected uh, Luke Cage Season 1 so it's, all that's left is final thoughts and grades. Alright, Brian, your final thought and grade for Luke Cage.
0: Uh, I'm going to give it a C+. Okay. Um, it was definitely by far my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, even after seeing nine episodes of Iron Fist, this is way my least favorite. Okay. Um, after coming off the high of Jessica Jones and for me, I started with Jessica Jones and then went back and watched Daredevil season one and two together. Oh, so you got to see it back to back. That's yeah, good, yeah, so that for me, I've only really this would make my third one because I don't really count season one and two of Daredevil separately okay. because I saw them together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed Daredevil. Really enjoyed Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying Iron Fist, but I just couldn't get into Luke Cage. Luke Cage. I don't know if it's the couldn't relate because it's inner city versus suburb for me or Mm. what the deal was I just couldn't get into it and every time I felt like I was getting into it there was something blocking me from Mm. continuing the build up like with Cottonmouth I was finally getting in I'm like okay we're finally hitting the stride we're gonna you know hit something and then it it died and you're like what was the build up for Mm. yeah you know
1: yeah, I agree. Um, I'll give it a little bit higher. I'll give it like a C+, plus, but it is definitely my least favorite of the series so far. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I did like it. I th- found it entertaining. It was captivating enough. I watched it, I think, over a couple weeks. It wasn't like, you know uh other series that like stranger things i watched in one night you know stuff like that where i had to absolutely had to watch like this episode jessica jones i think i watched in two or three days hmm. um you know same with daredevil daredevil was awesome um so yeah it's, it's a c plus and it's a c plus because again the cottonmouth thing the how they rushed diamond back at the end uh was very much a detractor for me for the whole series um Overall, though, it wasn't bad. It's still very entertaining, but so far, it's... Yeah, it's the least entertaining. Uh, Aaron? Uh,
2: So, I think I probably like this show a little more than you guys For me, it'd probably be in the A- to B-plus range. Really? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It is a flawed show in certain regards. Like, you definitely have... Like, by the time you get to the end, it doesn't feel like it's fully finished. Like, you feel like there's more that should have been done, and... It it almost feels like a season and a half, because it's just kind of compressed...
1: Like, it's a climactic. yeah yeah
2: like you feel like because it sets up mariah to be like this giant villain but like it still feels like she's developing as a character and moving forward and like she hasn't quite reached that point to where you want to see her in season two so she's still kind of in between transitioning to that like kind of larger role so like i said it does kind of almost feel like a prequel even though like you don't really know where it stands in the timeline sometimes and it seems a little off in that regards but Luke Cage is definitely an enjoyable character. I liked where things go with this. It definitely had a different kind of mood and setting than the other shows, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it actually worked for it in some ways. Did it also kind of hold it back in certain regards because it kind of wrote Luke Cage into this kind of almost Superman dilemma?
1: Too much in one season.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely fair, though. Yeah. But for me, it was still enjoyable. I still want to see a second season. I want to see a lot oh, yeah. of things they wanted to do develop. Sure. I just want them not to, you know, rush and put too much in, and you know, actually allow the characters to develop. And mm-hmm. you know, but overall, I I did like it. Yeah. Like I thought it was really enjoyable. And hey,
1: don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll watch a season two of it. I I don't I, know it, if I will. Oh, okay. To me, it was enjoyable enough. I'd like to see the next season. Mm-hmm. So it, it kept my interest. In it. All right, so where can you find 4 Midwest Guys? It's real easy. Go to the number 4, MidwestGuys.com. Again, that's the number 4, MidwestGuys.com. Which you may have already done. Which you may have already done. And if you have, great. If you haven't, go there because there's links to our iTunes, to our Podbean, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, all kinds of ways you can like us. And even on the website itself are the podcasts. And the podcasts are categorized. If you just like watching uh, Binge Watch, for listening to Binge Watch, I should say, then you just click Binge Watch. If you liked our Star Wars Rebels recon our Rebels I almost went to the old title. Star Wars Rebels HQ, you click that. If you want to just listen to uh, Marvel DC Kings, you click Marvel DC Kings as well. Our miniseries, it's all categorized. Or you can just listen to them in chronological order. Either way, you go to the number four MidwestGuys.com. Catch us there. Reach out to us. Through, you can even comment on each individual podcast there. There's a way to contact us via email under the contact us. You literally just type in a message to us and it sends it to us on our email. So plenty of ways to reach us, plenty of ways to follow us, follow, like, and subscribe. So please reach out, again, to the number 4midwestguys.com. Again, that's the number 4midwestguys.com or the number 4midwestguys.com. All right. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, Aaron. Thank you for joining us, sir. Yeah, no problem. And Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. And this is B. Willie saying we will catch you next time.
0: Sweet Christmas.